0: book of concord be all day i'm playing for simo Evan's playing for donald let's see who wins this one this is great uh get you into the book of concord stay tuned for the show
1: oh and by donald he really meant ronald in fact this entire show when we say donald we really mean ronald so just do a little autocorrect in your brain and you'll be fine this episode here's table talk radio a radio show
0: that confesses christ without confusing the law and the gospel A radio show that takes scripture seriously.
1: Without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to... Table Talk Radio. I I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. (laughs) Wait a minute, you're mistaken. (laughs) He said, said, (laughs) you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was... I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually
0: teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it so, 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 so deserves to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So uh, if you guys have put mega, the mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. Keep uh, preaching the word. Pastor, keep it mediocre.
1: Mediocre and hilarious. The Grinch of theological mysticism. This is Table Talk Radio. Wow, you know think about that? A thing to live up to. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Put well, pressure on. I I'm excited. I mean, I haven't been this excited about doing Table Talk Radio since last week because we we're doing things now. I mean. How long have we been doing this? Like 10 years or plus? I don't know. And, it and seems just, like forever. Just now are we doing things for our listeners. I mean, just, we're, we're, we're earning oh, points. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, mean, I know exciting. what you're talking about. Well, tell us then. It is. I think so, too. We're playing on behalf of the listeners. Who do you? Who are you playing for today? Oh, I should probably look that up. Uh, this is a vi- vicarious uh, uh, table talk radio listener participation game. All right, so here I'm spinning the dice here. I am playing on behalf of Donald. Donald. I, it's too bad my records here don't say where they live. It'd be nice to say Donald from hey, Australia. Hey, so what happened last week? The winner, so the way we do this is we're playing on behalf of and whoever wins, we send
0: them a choice of my of a Lulu book. Wow, that's that actually. That now is that what expensive.
1: the winner or the loser gets? I can't remember. <laughs>
0: that's what the winner gets, and the loser gets Table
1: Talk Radio merch. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I I need to right? I need to pick out what what uh, what the, the loser th- will get yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 half the fun too. I mean, just kind of spinning through the Table Talk Radio merchandise, saying what would I want to send a loser. <laughs> I mean, just, It's nice. Okay, so you're playing for Donald, and who am Uh, I playing for? You are playing for... Give me a second here. This is great radio. And the way people can get on this (laughs) list, that we can play
0: Vicarious for them, is they can can join the support team. Is that right? They could go to tabletalkradio.org or whatever and click on Become a Radio
1: Clown and send like 27 cents a month, and then they get... Is that how this works? Pretty much. That's about right. I don't right, even know you any are of this playing stuff. for. I hope I almost pronounced this. Simo. S i m o. Simo. Oh, nice. Simo. How would you? Simo.
0: I know. I know. Pastor Simo in uh, in Norway. That maybe is him.
1: Ah, Simo. Simo's is... support us. So I gotta. Hopefully, I lose, and so I don't have to send a book to Norway. <laughs> and he he, okay. wants, he wants his hands de-
0: hand delivered, by the way. My, my uh the, <laughs> now the uh, the games that we're going to do today, if I have this right, is going to be we're going to play name that confession. Now this sounds terribly boring.
1: <laughs> Boy, you have me hooked already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but before that, we got to do the buzzwords. Remember the buzzword part? Oh yeah. I, well, I'm forgetting. I see. I got so excited about this. Listener participation vicarious listener participation game. I've read all about buzzwords. Do you want to know what the winners? Or excuse me, the losers are going to be getting from the Table Talk Radio Merchandise Shop? Um, they're going to be getting a Table Talk Radio trucker hat. You know, <laughs> with, with the white front
0: with the f- <laughs> and the mesh back. Yeah, that's it. I got to get one of those. <laughs> So I'm on this uh some sort of it's like Christian video creator group thing and everyone's because I got the YouTube you remember the YouTubes? Mm-hmm. And um everyone's on there's like you gotta get you got ever you guys gotta get on TikTok. This is the new thing. TikTok. Hmm. It's like a it's like a real it's like a internet land rush anytime some new platform comes on there. It's like land is cheap and so it's like <laughs> the gold rush. Everyone nice. rushes onto it. And so TikTok is where the cool kids go. And so I was trying to figure out if I should do the TikTok and I looked around it for like half a minute and thought it's like when you accidentally walk into a like a really kind of raucous bar and you think it's <laughs> gonna be like a family pizza restaurant and you walk in there and everything. Like, uh let's keep looking. So I don't think I will, but I was thinking to get on there, I should get I was gonna get a trucker hat that said something like, This is my cool hat and I would put it on for the TikTok. That's gotta what is that's TikTok? Where the cool kids are. I don't know. It's a thing. It's a video thing. It's okay. like a, okay. it's a video app
1: thing. I don't even know. I think you could do like one minute videos. Maybe, maybe we should start a uh, a media platform. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's All right, let's, let's workshop let's, that. Let's do some buzzwords.
0: <laughs> My buzzword for you is spiritual. Now, here's an interesting thing, because this is going to have to do with the game we're about to
1: play. Lutherans don't believe because in spiritual. Well,
0: that's we normally say that. If you, we hear people say, "I'm spiritual, not religious," and and then we critique that, and and we even say to be spiritual, not religious, is what well, that's you want a God who doesn't say anything, a God who's who talks. You want the fuzzies, the feelings, uh, all yeah. you want the fuzzies that religion gives you without the assertions, the doctrine, and so forth. And so, we rightly are critical of the this kind of new age or pantheistic or even just sort of pop spirituality. That's right. But we want to recognize that the word spiritual is a biblical word and also a confessional word. I mean it's an important word. So we don't want to use the we don't want to lose the word altogether. We want to be able to recognize it. And so when we're talking about spiritual things, we're talking about things that have to do with either the the spirit of God. So Paul would talk about imparting spiritual gifts or um, I, address, I could not address you as spiritual people. The mind of the flesh does not under thing, understand the things of the spirit. Uh, but we are taught not by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths for those who are spiritual. 1 Corinthians 2.13 and so forth. So, so there's a lot of... Sp- there's a lot of spiritual stuff in the bible and also in the book of concord so spiritual also has to do with that realm of unseen reality the throne room of god the council of god the the angels and the demons the the things that the lord's word speaks of that we do not see with our human eyes so so we there's a sight that comes from our eyes and then there's a sight that comes from the word of god and that gives us insight into spiritual things
1: okay so i maybe the obvious example of this would be the day Christ was crucified that we, that we might be there in Jerusalem, and you're seeing uh you know this teacher, this rabbi, this one who healed many, he's being nailed to a cross, and our physical eyes would say, "What a terrible thing, and yet by the Word of God, we would understand uh, what a what a glorious day that that humanity was given the gift of salvation. Yep. Okay. That's a nice example. Thank you. All right. So not my theological buzz phrase for you is funeral Paul. Oh. Huh. Until the thing I had close to me for buzzwords was the small catechism. The funeral Paul is a large white cloth that covers a casket reminding us that we are clothed in Christ's righteousness through baptism. You have a funeral Paul there at uh, St. Yep. Paul's? Sure do. Uh, it's a it's a nice tradition. They they can be a bit costly, so not every congregation uh, can afford to have one. But it is a nice reminder, and it's th- something that, um, as far as uh, casket funerals go, sets the church apart. That to say that uh, we understand this person um, who whose soul is uh, present with the Lord, but their body is now being laid to rest. Um, that this person uh, is baptized in Christ. Uh, and is righteous for the sake of Christ. So it's a nice yeah. it's a nice practice. Uh, now yeah. maybe that's besides the point that uh, casket funerals, at least at least in these parts, are becoming uh, more rare by the day. But uh, maybe that's not true in all parts of the world.
0: It is a weird thing that. So we were talking about this yesterday. How
1: the Gnostics
0: want to just burn the bodies, but the always the Christians want to bury them, and the Jews to confess the resurrection that we're not done with the body yet and that's why that's why we have the strange practice of burying people in a casket it's it should be we we should so we're used to it for whatever reason because you know kind of western american culture has it's it's on the fumes of uh of the empty tank of christian theology and so we have a lot of traditions that are very very christian that we don't realize how weird it makes us to the to the flow of the history of humanity and one of those is is burying the dead I mean, normally, if you just look at most people, most religions, most cultures in most of human history, you burn the dead. And the outlier is the burial. Um, it's becoming that way again. But the Christians have always buried the dead c- to confess the resurrection. Hey, I'm not done with the body. I'm not treating it like, like trash. I'm treating it like a like a bulb for a tulip or something. Mm. I'm planting it, and it'll grow, sprout in the resurrection. That's the biblical picture.
1: I like the, the metaphor you used of being on the on the fumes of of what christian thought or whatever you said uh that we we do kind of assume that the way things we've always been doing them are the, kind of the norm but uh we forget that that um a lot of american heritage uh, came about through uh widespread christian thought <laughs> and so right. uh but but that we, you can just see that dissipating all around you like like people once people quit going to church they're going why are we doing this thing anyway? <laughs> no, well, right, right. well, if you don't have uh, Christian doctrine given to you week after week, then you wouldn't have any rational reason to do this thing anymore.
0: <laughs> that's, that's right. Why are you burying the dead? Why are you spending so much money to put people there? Yeah, yeah it doesn't make any sense. So pagan. I mean, this is – it's just we're going to look at the world around us and just going to say, "Pagan's going to do what a pagan's going to do." Kind of, that's right. just how it goes. Now, we, should, we should recognize it. So.
1: And, yeah, and the real question though is, is a Christian going to do what a pagan's going to do? I mean, right? That's right. <laughs> that, that that's where we should come from the midst and be separate. So, all right, yep. now now we're well primed for our game next segment. Uh, Name that confession. Oh, you'll—that's a cliffhanger if I ever heard one. We'll be right back. <laughs> no one's going to leave during this break. Not a chance. There isn't
0: a way in the English language to indicate we are using the singular you. But thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Oh, man, I might have lost it already. (laughs)
1: my sanity that is. i might have lost it yeah. you know when we say that we're going to be playing name that confession it makes it sound like we're throwing out a confession like from some obscure reformed document that no one's ever heard of and now we have to guess it but that's not it would what... be wrong yeah that's right uh, we're
0: gonna name we're gonna do, read from our own Lutheran confessions, at least I am I don't know what you're gonna do
1: oh if if that's an open yeah
0: I might do that yeah interesting. Uh, so the <laughs> thing that i'm gonna do is read from the Book of Concord, which has ten unique documents in that, so my first question for you, Evan, is can you name the ten documents in the Book of Concord? I'll give you fifty points for each one, really, for donald's sake
1: okay, um. Okay. Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, <laughs> Athanasian yes. Creed, there's three right there. One, two, three, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, Augsburg Confession Apology. Yep, Uh yep. Small Called. Yep. Uh, primacy. Yep. Um, f- uh, formula.
0: Yep. Do formula I, of Concord. Do I,
1: get, do I get points for the um, epitome and the Solid nope, Declaration? that's one. The Council's one. <laughs> and I hope I didn't have to get these in order. Uh, Let's see. What am I missing? You're missing uh, oh, two. Oh, small and large catechism.
0: Well, there you go. Small and large catechism. And you bonus if you read from the, what the catalog of testimonies or something. Ooh, nice. Let's see. Okay, so how many points did I just give you? That's that right there is 500 points for Donald's sake.
1: Nice.
0: I'm I'm really hoping that Donald pulls through here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh you ready? So the way we go the way this goes is we're gonna read a passage and then we'll guess where it's from and then uh we can maybe talk about it. That's that's the idea. How's that sound? Sounds good. Good to you.
1: So you're gonna are you gonna read something first? Yeah, you ready? Go. Okay. In this
0: in this way was stopped up every subterfuge and loophole which the sacramentarians had employed to interpret the aforementioned articles of agreement adopted in the previous year to their own advantage, namely that the body of Christ, together with all his benefits, is distributed with the bread in precisely the same way as with the word of the gospel, and that the sacramental union is intended to mean nothing more than the spiritual presence of the body of the Lord Christ through faith. Hmm.
1: All right. So it's getting at this spiritual, um, spiritual understanding of the Lord's Supper. Um, now this is good. G- I heard your use of the buzzword there, but that is
0: exactly right. So I'm going to give you 50 points. <laughs> yes.
1: Donald, don't you worry.
0: <laughs> We've got you covered. I mean, Simon I'm working for you here, I'm
1: sure. <laughs> um, uh, so this is, this is a controversy that arises. Ex- I mean, this is going on in the midst of the Reformation, but especially uh, this comes up uh, towards the end End of the Reformation spectrum, um, particularly. Uh, I wonder if this is after Luther dies and ev- everyone goes haywire, uh, and so they gather uh, theologians to debate, and uh, the Formula of Concord is the result. Um, so I'm I, I'm I'm leaning towards that, but this this really could be in other parts um, in history because. I mean obviously this is something that Luther debated uh, quite a bit. So um let's see. I I'm going to go with uh I'm going to go with the formula of concord. You are right, article 7, article seven. on the Lord's Supper paragraph
0: 18. And no I think it's really interesting here. So the sacramentarians, I, now how about this for very interesting. When we use that word sacramentarian, it's actually those people who who denied the presence of Jesus in the sacraments. Just like, oddly enough, the Baptists are the people that deny that baptism forgives sins. It's like you get you get named after the thing that you reject. It's <laughs> mm. kind of weird. Mm, yeah. So the sacramentarians reject the real presence of Christ in the sacraments. The Baptists reject the regenerative uh, strength of baptism and so forth. Uh, and they're talking about how the sacramentarians say, well, the body of Jesus is present in the bread, sure, just like it is in the word that's preached. There's no difference. So it's a spiritual presence, but not an actual physical presence. And so they had to say, the Lutherans had to come along and say, no, no, when it says this is, it means that it is. Now, Luther, this the reason why this was this was trouble was because Luther talked about Christ being present physically in a spiritual way and so they had to talk about these different modes of presence so there's a sacramental mode of presence which is unique to the lord's supper uh that me- that means that we're not cannibalistic but it is still the true body and the true blood the same blood that was shed on the cross is poured out in the supper and the same same body that was crucified on the cross is 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 eaten in the supper so yeah good deal you got that right. So that's 750 points. I gave you 200 for that right answer. So let's just nice. check the scoreboard here. I'm upset about this. Okay. Very well, upset. Here's your chance. A uh, Pastor Wolfmiller here uh, has zero. And
1: you, Pastor Gagline, have 750. I prefer to say it that Donald has 750 points. Donald has 750. All right. So uh, here's your shot at it. Then uh says, besides this dragon's tail that is the mass has brought forth a brood of vermin and poison of manifold idolatries. The first is purgatory. They were so occupied with the Requiem Masses and vigils and the weekly, monthly, and yearly celebrations of Requiems, with the Common Week, with All Souls Day, and with Soul Baths, that the Mass was used almost exclusively for the dead, although Christ instituted the sacrament for the living alone. Consequently, purgatory and all the pomp, services, and business transactions associated with it are to be regarded as nothing else than illusions of the devil. For purgatory, too, is contrary to the fundamental article that Christ alone, and not the work of man, can help souls. Besides, nothing has been commanded or enjoined upon us with reference to the dead. All this may consequently be discarded apart entirely from the fact that it is an error and idolatry. Wow.
0: Boy, oh boy! Whoever wrote that is uh, spitting fire.
1: <laughs> well, who could that be? <laughs> the
0: the um. It's interesting to note that Martin Luther, our friend Doctor Martin Luther, wrote only three of the ten documents in the Book of Concord. Uh, Melanchthon wrote three, apology. Augsburg uh, Confession, apologies, Augsburg Confession, and Treatise on the Power and Primacy of the Pope, which we want to remember is a treatise against the power and primacy of the Pope. And oh, by the way, the one of the reasons why we're playing this game, I don't know. Now, Evan, is you got to confirm that this is the the uh, true th- also for you. Because every time that I've got someone onto the Book of Concord, I've got them reading the Book of Concord, they've come back to me and said, I cannot believe how great this thing is. Why did nobody give me this book before? I mean, you look at it, and it's a bit of an intimidating sort of thing. But when you get into it, I mean, it is phenomenal. Mm. It is really phenomenal. This So is that true? have you found that to be true also? I think it's Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, thanks for that. So, so if you're listening and you haven't read the book of Concord, that you should just probably just turn us off and go get a book of Concord and start reading it. That's the point here. But if you, if you're not sold, keep listening. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this is, uh, so you got so we think, hey, it's probably a lot of Luther, but it's actually not a lot of Luther. Um, he just did the, the three books, so the small and large catechism and the small cult articles. Now, interesting, the small cult articles is written in small cold. I don't know if you knew that.
1: Mm. I and it was
0: inter- the, the history behind it is small is where all the princes kind of got together. They formed up this small league because it was illegal to be Lutheran. And so they, they made this kind of defensive league, and it was centered out of small cult, this little town in Germany. And so they were getting ready for a, uh, a, a council that was supposed to meet in Torgau, if I remember right. And so Luther, they said to Luther, hey, could you write up some articles to present... At the at the Torgau Council, and Luther says, "Well, they're not going to have a council, and if they do, they're not going to invite us." Which end up being true—the Council of Trent. Mm. But anyway, they, Luther wrote this up, and that's why he—it's called the Small Called Articles. He was sick, by the way, when he wrote it. You can—you can't get to the—you can. There's the Luther House in Small Cult, which is where he was kind of—he was there on a sick bed. And at one point, all the princes and nobles walked through the city of Small Cold down to visit Luther in his room, and he talked to him and stuff. It's kind of amazing. You can't go to it now; it's like the storage room of a bookstore. I tried to sneak in, but they caught me so <laughs> uh so Luther was doing that and here here's how he does small cult. it's really there's a quite a few genius things that he does in small cult uh, but he starts with the first part and he says here we we believe in the Trinity, this isn't the fight." We believe in the two natures of Christ. This isn't the fight. Then he starts part two. He says, the fight is about Jesus. The first chief article is this. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is our Lord. He is our Redeemer. He is the Savior. And anything that contradicts this first chief article is to be rejected. So then he goes through all the things that the Catholic Church teaches and does that contradict with the first chief article, that Jesus is the Lord. And uh, and he, and he, he refutes them in that way. And the way he starts is he says, now, the first is the mass, which is a disaster because it makes us our own saviors. And then it spawns all sorts of errors. So I think it said in that when you started reading, it says this dragon tale of the mass Uh, has all these kind of mistakes that come after it, including purgatory and, and so forth and indulgences. I don't know if your quote had indulgences in there, but it is interesting to note, maybe one more thing to note on this, that indulgences which we think are the deal at the reformation are only mentioned maybe once or twice in the entire book of concord and by the time it settled into the to the real fight about what's going on indulgences was just a side thing and they were hitting on the real issue which is what does it mean that jesus is lord so i'm going to guess that this is here's my final question what is the small called articles of dr martin luther
1: you got it hey 200 points nicely done uh, yeah, fascinating, uh, uh, point there that, that, uh, they were so busy doing masses for the dead constantly that the mass became more of something for the dead than for the living. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is Table Talk Radio. You have been warned.
0: The Sunday drive home grappling with the text and the Theo vlog. These are some of the playlists on the YouTube channel. Visit YouTube slash Wolfmuller1. Check it out there.
1: Name that confession, formerly known as Book of Concord B., Game. Oh, it was. <laughs> We've done this before, by the way. I'm not sure if you knew that. Figures. We should just do it every show. I love it. <laughs> Good stuff. All you right. Another one. Yeah. Oh, were you, oh you were going
0: to talk about this.
1: Uh, I think I did. I mean, it just, the Luther thing. Yeah, Luther just made this great point that um, you know, that there's so many false things that, that uh, come up, and as you mentioned, you know, the masses a big one, and then the second that. Maybe he's saying flows from it is is purgatory, and it it results because um, here you're saying mass for all these dead people. You know, so every time you have a funeral, you're doing a mass for the dead, and then you have you know all saints, and you have uh, all the you know monthly, daily masses and being said for the dead. And so he makes the point that God gave us the Lord's Supper for the sake of the living, but. It's been demented to be something that is just practiced for the dead. It's just mm. kind of ironic. So, all right, I'm ready for another another round here of Book of Concord B.
0: Okay, let's see here. I just for you, I've got one. Uh, how about
1: this? <laughs> well, not just for me, for me and Donald, please. That's oh yeah. <laughs>
0: My bad. Forgot. I, how could I've forgotten about Donald here? Um. N- 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 Hmm. Aha. Spiritual sacrifices are contrasted not only with the sacrifices of cattle, but also with human works offered ex opere operato, for spiritual refers to the operation of the Holy Spirit within us.
1: Hmm. I'm not sure if I have enough context to grab hold of what's being discussed, but I'll, I'll take a swing. I can give you some more. Okay. Here, so here's the line before. The sacrifices of the New
0: Testament are of this type as Peter teaches in 1 Peter 2, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices. And in the text, okay. and then it continues. Paul teaches the same in Romans 12, 1. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Spiritual worship is a worship in which the spirit knows and takes hold of God as it does when it fears and trusts him. Therefore, the contrast is not only with Levitical worship, where cattle were slaughtered, but with any worship where men suppose they are offering God a work ex opere operata. The okay. epistle to the Hebrews teaches the same, 1315. Through him, let us continually offer up a spiritual, a sacrifice of praise to God, Excuse me, uh, with the interpretation that it is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. He commends them to offer praises, that is prayer, thanksgiving, confession, and the like. They, these are valid, not ex opere operato, but because of faith.
1: All right, let me, let me try this and see if I'm, if I'm hitting on what it's saying. Um, I mean, so, so that in the Old Testament, where they would take an animal um, to, to be slaughtered for the sacrifice. That, that, that was not something just physical going on. But there was something uh, spiritual there, too. I mean, the Lord himself commanded these sacrifices. And so um, as we now have it in the, in the New Testament, that uh, Christ is our sacrifice. And so the sacrifices uh, that um, are called for are not these kind of blood sacrifices or, or even a sacrifice necessarily of, of our uh, performance, but they're sacrifices of a contrite heart that we would we would repent recognize our sin and repent of them um and what happens then is when when someone takes this notion of ex opere operato that 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 there's a a work being performed then that's kind of drug into uh the old testament uh in the in a spiritual sacrifice sense am i am i getting close to what's what, it's, what
0: mm-hmm. it's saying yeah mhm mm-hmm. yeah, so um yes so so it's especially contrasting this. So the Catholics were saying, "Look, the New Testament is different than the Old Testament because the Old Testament was beasts, and the New Testament is uh, whatever." Yeah.
1: But, but it's, it's, a, it's a human work nonetheless.
0: Mm-hmm. And so this uh, particular confession is contrasting that and saying, "Look, look, look, look! The spiritual sacrifice of the New Testament is distinct not only from the Old Testament sacrifice of the beasts, but also from the new from this Catholic idea of the sacrifice of the mass." It's a matter of faith. So it's a matter of what are you trusting in. It's not the external act of the thing. It's not some sort of magic, a hocus-pocus kind of thing. It's rather the the word that God speaks and institutes and promises and the faith that grabs onto it, that's the thing that, that matters.
1: Hmm. Okay, so the question, though, is where is this in the Book of Concord? Um, this could be... Um, the apology on the mass this could be small called on the mass, well, I do not necessarily just be on the mass either, but that's kind of where where my where I'm thinking. I don't think it's power and primacy uh could it be the large catechism? hmm okay, I'm gonna venture a guess to say uh apology.
0: You're right. Yeah. You want to guess what, the article? What, I'll give you another you, I'll give you bonus points. Is it double or nothing? Uh no, I'll just give you solid okay,
1: then, points. Uh the one on the mass. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> what number is that? Two, 10 or I'll give
0: you 200 points for that. 20. Just just say on the mass. And don't don't, don't, don't <laughs> okay, bury yourself yourself. Right. That's fine. The one on the mass. <laughs> Article twenty four. Twenty four, okay. By the way. Are, so that's <laughs> both on in both the Apology and the uh Augsburg Confession. Article twenty four is on the Mass, which has to do with worship. And it's beautiful. Especially the Apology really digs into it. Do you know that was one of the have I told you this story? that one of the most important texts for me, Apology twenty four, that got me into studying the confessions? That that the really? practical sermon bit. How, how come? Did I tell you the, so this is so Okay, I was back on Vicarage, so imagine me, baby pastor. Well, no, I wasn't even pastor yet. I was, I was you're, even you're a, preborn.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say you were a a pastoral fetus. <laughs> That's right.
0: I was a pastor in the womb of of the comfortable womb of Vicarage before I was even. So and so, I would write my my sermons, and and my supervisor would just blast them away. I mean, they'd come back to me covered in red ink. So I got frustrated one time, and I went down there and I said, hey, "Is this, is there any false doctrine in here?" And he said to me, those are no false doctrine. It's just your sermons need to be more practical. Well, I got all up in arms about it. Typical Fort Wayne guy style. And I thought to myself, the gospel isn't practical. So I went back to my little, uh, office as a, my little vicar was a closet, closet. And I started yeah. writing a newsletter article called the gospel isn't practical. This is, can you imagine this? And I pulled out, this is back in the days before the computers could tell you where everything was. I pulled out my, my concordance to the book of concord. There is such a thing, it's amazing. I bought it, it was like the is getting rid of it, so I snatched it up for a couple bucks. And I looked up the word practical in the Book of Concord, and I found one usage. And it was in Apology 24 on the Mass, and, and Melanchthon says this. Clear, he says, nobody knows what our opponents are, are preaching about, any, whenever they preach, who knows what they're saying. And then he says, clear and practical sermons hold an audience. Hmm. And I thought to myself, "You'll laugh at this." I thought, "Oh, great! Even Melanchthon doesn't understand law and gospel." But I had to. So I had to
1: wrestle
0: with my pride there, and I had to say, "How in the world is the gospel practical?" And that. Put me, I read through the book of Concord twice, right in a row, and, and trying to figure out how they would answer this question, how the gospel is practical. And that's when I, I started to see over and over that they, they would say, this doctrine really comforts. This doctrine really gives consolation. This doctrine consoles terrified consciences over and over. Right. And I realized that that is the comfort. The, that is the practical result, at least one of the practical results and maybe the chief practical result of the gospels, it sets us free. It cleanses our conscience. It, it there, There's actually a, it, this actually matters if I know that God doesn't hate me, but rather that he loves me. Mm. It, this matters in, in everything that I do and think and who I am.
1: So, so and to so, say it's, you know, it's not practical enough. Might, might first have to ask the question, well, for whom? Because for the person who is coming to church, maybe completely, broken and terrified because of the burden of the guilt of sin the 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 simple gospel proclamation is probably going to be the most practical thing that they could ever have to hear and the yep. comfort of God of, of God's promises but for the That's person right. the person who's looking for works righteousness that that person is going to be completely unsatisfied mm-hmm. with the practicality mm-hmm. of the gospel
0: mhm so, mm-hmm. That's right. It's not gonna give them anything. If it, in fact it's gonna stand in the way, like Jesus stood in the way of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to kill the gospel if you are
1: trying to justify yourself. So you're still doing a typical Fort Wayne grad style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose I am.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh let's see. So you got it. Man, oh man. You got you got four hundred points for that. You man, you're up to Donald. eleven. 1,150 points. I'm sorry, Simon. that I'm falling behind here.
1: (laughs) Don't worry. Well, I mean, you're just giving points away. Maybe I should be more generous.
0: By the way, i am giving points away in the hopes that I don't have to ship a book to Denmark.
1: <laughs> you think Donald here is uh,
0: Donald is probably like living in Antarctica.
1: Well, I was I was wondering if he's living um, in the White House. You think that's the Donald? That's oh, a, it. Could be a How donor much is, is, is I'd have to look. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would be a good practice to be announcing what people are giving on the. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right, well, I'm I'm kind of stalling because we're up on time. So, uh, what? let's uh let's take one more break and then okay. we'll have our fourth segment. Can you believe we're in segment 4 already? I can. Fourth I'm segment. Excited about this. Particular part of the show the end for a long time now. I'm excited our about tallying hope. up the points. That's what I'm, I'm excited open about. expectation. All right, we do still have a voicemail line that you can leave a message or church signs or bumper stickers on toll-free number is 1-800-385-7652 or 1-800-385-SOLA. That's easy to remember. Uh, you also, maybe have an email address that you can send emails to, questions at tabletalkradio.org. And what else we have? We have uh, Facebook. Do we have a Twitter? I don't know. I think we do. It's out there. Search, search the Twitterverse for the Table Talk Radio. We're going to take a quick break. And then last round of Table Talk Radio. We're at this.
0: Table Talk Radio. Well, we think we're funny. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightly divided where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Oh, man. Oh, Just the simple thing. You know? Simple thing.
1: Like Roy D. Mercer. All right, we're back. Uh, Bible B. No, no. Uh, what's the game? Book of Concord B. Rather. Uh, I got another reading I, for all you. All I
0: know is you got to offer me some points this time. All right, I'll give you. Semo's gonna have a chance.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll give you double
0: or nothing. All right. <laughs> I only have two hundred points. Don't even get me there.
1: All right, all, right, all right. How about this?
0: How about how do you do, we can do this thing? Okay. You could give me the I get uh, 200 points for the book.
1: Yeah, then I'll do that.
0: Double or nothing for the for the section and then double or nothing for the paragraph.
1: Okay. That would get me there. All right. You that, might would be 200 400. You might actually able to get the first two of that. So, Okay. Uh, let's give it, All right, here it is. Um it says, "We are not denying freedom to the human will. The human will has freedom to choose among the works and things" which reason by itself can grasp some uh, to some extent we can achieve civil righteousness or the righteousness of works it can talk about god and express its worship of him in outward works it can obey rulers and parents externally it can choose to keep the hands from murder adultery or theft since human nature still has reason and judgment about the things that the senses can grasp it also retains a choice in these things as well as the liberty and ability to achieve civil righteousness the righteousness which the carnal nature that is the reason can achieve on its own without the holy spirit scripture calls the righteousness of the flesh
0: wow okay so now this is very interesting Uh, Very interesting. Let's see. So this talking about one of the big debates at the Reformation days is, and still is today and always is in the church, is the question of free will. And the question is, are we free or not? And famously, Luther wrote his book called The Bondage of the Will against Erasmus, who wrote his little book on the freedom of the will. And that became that kind of was the, the big place where it was settled and said, no, we don't have a free will towards the things of God, towards spiritual things. But then the question is, well, do we have free will at all? So if you think about it theologically, we do not have free will. But if you think about it ethically or philosophically, we do have free will. And the way that the Lutherans distinguished it was as a way of kind of quick talking about it, the things above versus the things below. Towards the things of God, we do not have a free will. But towards the things below us or around us, we do have a free will. To get up or to sleep in, to, to shower or not. To get a haircut, and this is school, saying even even to, to
1: avoid life. like murder or adultery. I mean, these are right things that are That's clearly right. sin.
0: That's right. So you can control your body. Uh, there's a there's a way that you have a free will to not whatever you know to uh, to go not go punch a guy in the face. You're free to not do that. Mm-hmm. You should exercise your freedom. Now we're not free from anger. We're not free from even the corruption of the of ourselves that w- is going to want to call a person a fool and so forth and hate them in the mind or whatever. I, so. I mean,
1: I'll mean, i read the next paragraph. kind of gives more of it away, but it's kind of what you're talking about. It says, "...so great is the power of concupiscence that men obey their evil impulses more often than their sound judgment, while the devil, who Paul says, is at work in the ungodly, never stops inciting this feeble nature to various offenses." For these reasons, even civil righteousness is rare among men, as we see from the fact that even philosophers who seem to have wanted this righteousness did not achieve it.
0: (laughs) That's so great. Now, that's a fine point, and that's going to help me a little bit, because there's three places where this is addressed very specifically. Um, There's the formula of Concord, both in the Epitome and the Solid Declaration, the article uh, two, uh, let's see, one, two, three. Uh, 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 article two, I think, is on free will. It's on free will. That's what the whole topic is about, and that was my first inclination. But Melanchthon's really going to take up this topic a lot in the apology in the Augsburg Confession and the apology as well, which also has an article on free will. Well, it's connected to original sin, and this idea that the philosophers did
1: not live up to their own... How, how did it say that, that line again? Um, that the, even the philosophers who seem to have wanted this righteousness did not achieve it. This would be the yeah, righteousness... So the philosophers of, yeah. can... They, they The
0: philosophers define what it means to live the good life, to live a righteous life externally. They didn't do it spiritually, but they did it externally. But even they couldn't get there. They were caught up by their own flesh, concupiscence and so forth. And I think that's a rhetorical... That's a rhetorical flourish, I think... That Melanchthon makes. Now, I'm kind of torn because everything else in that whole thing is pushing me towards the formula. But that one little sentence sounds more like Melanchthon to me. And so I'm going to say that this is the apology of the Augsburg Confession.
1: I gave it away on the extra paragraph I gave you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 200 more points. That's right. Okay, okay.
0: Now, what article is it in? Now, this is a tricky question, because the articles of the Augsburg Confession are numbered differently depending on what version of the Book of Concord you're reading from.
1: <laughs> that does make it challenging.
0: Uh, and uh, So are you going to give me the version that you're reading, or do I have to discern that also from the book?
1: <laughs> that would be tough. Um, I have to discern that from the screen. You're on the, the Logos? Yeah. Is that Tappert? I think that's Tappert. No, no. the Logos has the um, uh, I... Cole Boingert. Oh, okay.
0: Okay, so Cole. Okay, Cole Wenger. This is now. This is really theology nerd stuff. If I can get this right, it, you should give me more of the double or nothing, because it gets all at a wonk as it gets to Article One, Two, Three, Four. That it's like Article Four, and then it goes back to Article Three, and it depends on how you, if you count the love and the fulfilling of the law. I do think that they do that, though. I think Cole Boingert goes one, two, four, three,
1: divides Article
0: 4 up into two parts, love and fulfilling of the law. And I think this Bef- is in the third
1: before, part. Before you enter your guess, I'm mm. bound to tell you that I copy and pasted this into Word, which does the automatic footnote out of yes. Logos, and it's tappered.
0: It is tappered. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, tappered. of tappered. I think Tappert follows the same conviction. I, so, con, con, not conviction. Con, what is that called? The same convention. And so I'm going to say, uh, apology, Article
1: 3. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. You were looking for Two, Article 18. Four? 18. Free will. I wasn't even close.
0: Article 18, free will. So I lost it all. Sorry, Simon.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, good. Discussion. I mean, uh,
0: zero points. Now, what? Uh, what? Let's see. What did we want to draw out of that? What did you, you? I talked a lot about it. What did you see in there? In that little quote?
1: Uh, same thing. I mean, um, see, I th- I think sometimes people hear things like bondage of the will, or uh, or people talk about how we are born into sin and think that it means that. I mean, you, what you hear oftentimes is, oh, so you think that we're robots? You hear it all the time that we don't actually have the choice to turn left or turn right that our our will is is bound but that's that's not uh what we mean at all by being born into sin, and in fact as I think this this says that we even have um the ability to conduct ourselves externally in a uh in a civil righteousness way so i mean uh, it, it's not—oh, and, and, this is how it's oftentimes uh, heard, too. When Christians will make the, the moral argument against, um, against atheists to say, look, you have to have the notion of a god in order to have a notion of morality, the atheist comes back and says, oh, so you think atheists can't be moral people? No, that's not actually the argument at all. Um, but it is to say that you can't be righteous before God. <laughs> I mean, so that there's a difference. A, a guy can— go to work, get his paycheck, pay his taxes, uh provide for his family, maybe volunteer in the community and all those are good things, but none of those merit righteousness before God. And I think that's the right. difference.
0: That's it. I hear the bells. That means it's it time to stop? No, <laughs> we got
1: two more that's minutes. That's what happens here. when you're recording
0: in the tower. Tell you what, the I,
1: bell tower. I feel so bad for you. I'm just going to give you another round. Is that is that Oh, yes. Okay. Well, it's kind of It's exciting to me. <laughs> okay. I got another... Simo, here we come. Um, I'm trying to avoid language that would completely give it away. Oh, come on. Okay, I'll give it to you. Likewise, we believe, teach, and confess that man's unregenerated will is not only turned away from God, but has also become an enemy of God so that he desires and wills only that which is evil and opposed to God. As it is written, the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Likewise, the mind that is in the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law and indeed cannot as little as a corp. A corpse can quicken itself to bodily, earthly life. So little can a can man through his sin uh, is spiritually dead, raise himself to spiritual life. There it that's is. That's so great. That's great. I, I think that's so there's a ton on, I mean, every every article
0: in the Book of Concord talks about original sin, and that's what this One is minute. about. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess, though. I think this is going to be original sin from the formula of Concord. That's it. With, right. Right. That original, uh, I think it's just how tight it is and how often they ref- reference a scripture. The formula is all about the scripture. Okay, double or nothing, Article 1.
1: Um, sorry. No, that's wrong. <laughs> is it Article 2? It is it's Article 2. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> So, back down to zero. <laughs> All right, give me another one, quick. uh, All right, here you go. Uh, God, the Holy Spirit, however, does not affect conversion without means. He employs to this end preaching and the hearing of God's word.
0: That's also the uh, uh, Formula of Concord
1: article... (laughs) Six. <laughs> Two. It was the next paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> oh,
0: where Simo sorry Simo Where Donald is a big winner. 1,150 points. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. (laughs) Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. (laughs) Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, loss, hallucinations, aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, healtosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, Mm -hmm. internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.